Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Beat. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Beat, part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris Torres, and I'm going to be your host today. You can find me on Twitter at Torres Takes. Today's episode, we're going to be talking all things Reds with Charlie Goldsmith of Cincinnati.com. He does great work covering both the Reds and the Bengals, but we're not talking football today. It is baseball season, baby. Let me bring him in. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Doing well. How about you? Doing well, thanks. Ready for this season to get started. But I want to ask you, I want to start off by asking you about an article that you you wrote recently, which you discussed the Reds' expectations this year. And listen, I'm not expecting them to tell you, well, we're, we're going to stink, right? But in the article, you did talk about how there is an expectation around this team that they're going to be better than people think, that they're going to surprise some people. So if you could tell me a little bit about that and just the overall vibe around the team so far this spring. Yeah, so I'll start by saying this. I'm projecting the Reds to win just 68 games, so I'm part of this fuel and motivation that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But every decision the Reds have been making over the course of the spring has been designed around winning and winning early in the season in a much more aggressive way than they did compared to last year when there was obviously an awful start. They have a plan to move Tyler Stevenson around different positions to keep his bat in the lineup. They have starting pitchers ready to throw 100-plus pitches right away. Hitters got more at-bats during the spring. Uh, the way they're you know, managing different roster spots and moving guys around like Jose Barrero is going to play some center field. They're having a bunch of aggressive decisions to try to be as competitive as possible early on. And, you know, again, part of it is, such a year where so many guys on the team have to prove it. You know, the managers in the contract year. They have a couple young foundational pieces, but guys like Barrero, Steer, Benson, Friedel, they have to prove that they're major league starters, everyday players. And there's a lot of motivation. There's a lot of, they say, some of the best vibes they felt. A very connected group that's dedicated to playing, you know, an aggressive defense, base running, starting pitching uh, style of baseball. Okay, so it sounds like they're they're going into this season with a different mentality. Maybe it's, you know, last year was kind of a more of a teardown, right? With trading some of these, uh, you know, Castillo and Molly, and now it seems like they're they're trying to build back up and and kind of set the stage for some winning years to come here. And they've got some talent in that outfield. So I want to ask you a little bit about that. How do you see the playing time shaking out there? So it'll look different against right-handers and against left-handers because they're arguably or definitely three of their best four outfielders are left-handed. So against right-handed starters, you can lock in Will Myers in right. Against right-handed starters, you can lock in Jake Fraley in the lineup, either in left or as the designated hitter, depending on who's playing first base. And then in center field, you're going to have TJ Friedel and Will Benson, you know, Again, when Fraley's the DH, they'll both be in the lineup. They're different styles of players with different strengths, both left-handed bat, left-handed bats who are very fast. They'll both be in the mix in the outfield. Benson's more of a, you know, he's one of the tallest center fielders in Major League history. He has natural power. He's really cut down on his strikeouts, and he walks a lot. And TJ Friedel is great bat-to-ball guy, athleticism, hustle, hard work. 
and he made a swing change that really unlocked some power, specifically line drives down the right field line in his game last season. So it'll be a general rotation overall, but against right-handed starters, it'll be always Fraley and Myers. You know, Benson and Friedel will both be regularly in that mix. And then against lefties, you'll have Myers. You'll have a spot TBD that'll probably be a guy they call up from AAA for the start of the season who's a right-handed hitter. And then Jose Barrera is going to be starting in center probably against lefties as well. Tell me a little bit about Will Benson because I've seen a lot of positive reports about just his energy and what he's bringing to the team. So can you tell us a little bit about just what he's brought to the clubhouse so far? From a position player side, I think he had the biggest spring out of anyone. You know, he came into camp, they traded for him in February. They really liked him, but he had to go out and earn a spot, and he didn't just do that. He showed that he's playing the best baseball of his career. Benson's a guy who, put it frankly, Benson would tell you the same thing. He was bad in the minor leagues, you know, from when he was drafted for about six years until 2020 or through the 2021 season. He was in AAA. He was a first-round pick who, looking, who was looking like he wasn't panning out. He made some big swing adjustments. He shortened his swing. He became very more or much more selective about the pitches he swung at. That helped him find some more home run opportunities. It also had him or gave him one of the highest walk rates in all of AAA last season. And add that with again elite, elite speed, solid defense. The Reds are going to give him a shot to be their center fielder of the future, not just this year, but going down the road as well. Yeah, it seems like definitely a light bulb went on for him last year. And, uh, you know, in fantasy baseball, I had put out a tweet a while back. Like, I didn't understand. Nobody was interested in Will Benson, even after the trade to the Reds. And like no one was was drafting him. And now everybody's on him now, obviously, not that he's made the team. But I mean, just looking at his numbers last year and the, the raw tools that he has. And he's got some pedigree, right? He was a former first round mm-hmm. pick, even though he didn't play like that initially. There's there's still some pedigree there, so definitely a lot of potential. But from what I'm hearing is that Benson and Friedel, it could be a little bit of a timeshare. And it's kind of tricky, right, because they're both left-handed. So it's very convoluted, and I'm going to use my hands to help with this. So Joey Votto's out for the start of the season. So that means that Tyler Stevenson will be catching about four out of ten days and playing at first base very regularly as well, maybe getting – three or four starts a week at first. And when he's not at first, it'll either be Will Myers who could come down from right field or Jason Vossler to come to the bench. So mm-hmm. when Myers is at first, that opens up spots for Fraley, Friedel, and Benson. When uh, okay. Myers isn't right, we'll see who the DH is, but there's one few. when Myers isn't right, there's one fewer spot for some of those outfielders. But, I mean, hey, look, the Reds are a team with two backup catchers on the roster and one guy in Jason Vossler who's pretty much just going to be a – a platoon first baseman. Everybody will play who's on the roster. Friedel and Benson are going to be getting plenty of at-bats. They need outfielders. They need guys with upside. And again, Friedel and Benson are both going to be playing a lot this season. Because of how many moving pieces there are, it'll all work out. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks for for breaking that down. I want to move to the infield and talk about Jonathan India. Uh, We know last year just was not pretty. It just wasn't him. You know, I know he was dealing with a ton of injuries. But there's been a lot of positive reports about him this spring. And I do notice that he has four steals already in spring. So do you see his aggressiveness on the base pass as a sign of things to come for him? I do. Jonathan India is leaned all in on being that type of player. Last year, he bulked up, added a bunch of weight and tried to hit homers. And it didn't work. He put a lot of pressure on himself and he got hurt. And he was hurt, playing hurt for basically the entire season. He says he couldn't walk normally until October. And now he's not just, you know, 
get ready for the cliche. He's not just in good shape. He says he's in the best shape of his life. But oh boy, um, <laughs> there's really something to that though. Like mm-hmm. he's added to his sprint speed. His the way he attacks balls at second base and the way he like dances with the ball. They like to say just natural, free flowing, moving athleticism that'll carry over every part of his game. He's someone I'm betting on to make not literally, but theoretically to make a big bounce back year this year. Okay, yeah, and the spring number is between the four steals. He's got four strikeouts and eight walks, which, man, when you got that kind of K-to-walk ratio, that's, uh, you know, that puts you in elite company. So definitely looking like uh, some positive signs for his 2023 season. want to talk about Hunter Green, move to the rotation here, and you know, a lot of fantasy players are really high in Hunter Green, and with good reason, I mean, Guy's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's, you know, former first round pick, had a good rookie season, and people are expecting him to take the next step. So just want to ask you, like, what do you see from him on the field and in the clubhouse? And what are your expectations for him this coming year? He's really good. So here's the fascinating story of his 2022 season. Rookie coming up, has a lot to learn. He hadn't even had, you know, 2021 was... He pitched May through the middle of September because of the shortened year and an innings limit. He hadn't had a full season in a long time because of COVID, because of Tommy John. So Hunter Green came up, made his debut, was solid at first, but then in late April and into May, he started to dip. And what happened was, like, for example, his fastball showed up 93 once on the radar gun, and that set off a trigger that said, I need to do something. He met with all the coaches and all the training staff, and they had a meeting of the minds, and they said, what can we do to fix routine to fix the consistency and everything like that. And they developed a plan for him between starts to help him be more athletic and more consistent on the mound. And once those results really started showing up in the middle of May, from then on, he was spectacular. And the one thing is he might allow a few too many homers. He's not the only star pitcher in baseball who who deals with that, but his slider is probably better than his fastball. And his fastball is one of the most special pitches in the game. And what he's really excited about is the changeup that's finally now at a point where he's going to use it during the season. So he's adding to his game. He's attacking different, you know, holes. He's learned from, from different experiences and attack those holes with adjustments. He, he looks unbelievable to be honest, probably not like an ace yet, but I think by the end of the year, all of baseball will be talking about him and Nick Lodola both as two of the best young pitchers in the game. Yeah, and I've heard some pushback like from people who aren't huge fans of him as far as fantasy and say, well, you know, look at the team context or look at the home ballpark. I don't care what your home ballpark is. I mean, you could play in my backyard, but if you're striking out many that many players, you're you're going to be an elite starting pitcher. So that's very encouraging to hear, you know, as far as how he's looking so far this spring. Tell me about Graham Ashcraft. I mean, he had 10 strikeouts in his last spring outing, which wasn't something that we really saw from him last year. Do you think those strikeouts are going to show up for him this year? So I gave the caveat earlier about Will Benson that among the position players, he was the most buzzing camp. Among everybody, Graham Ashcraft was getting the most buzzing camp. Graham Ashcraft has, I think, one of the five hardest cutters in baseball. It's a pitch that he generally or genuinely doesn't know where it's going to go always. It's a truly unique pitch. And he used that to overpower guys and get a lot of soft contact add that with a hundred mile an hour two seamer and he was a solid consistent ground ball pitcher but the next step for him it was obvious was getting more swings and misses so he really attacked his slider this offseason and there was some talk that maybe the slider was the most exciting pitch in camp some unbelievable swings and misses he was forcing the confidence the consistency led to the strikeout numbers going through the roof and that's the next step for him 
if that slider is what it was during spring training. And again, from a raw tools perspective, it certainly looked like one of the better young sliders in the game. Like Graham Ashcraft will make that leap if that pitch is what it looked like during spring training. Yeah, I think everybody was wondering last year, like this guy has awesome stuff. I mean, he's throwing like a cutter in, in the in the mid nineties, you know, and uh it, it's good to see that, you know, those strikeouts are showing up and hopefully he carries that over. Let's ask want to follow up on the closing situation here. Because in the past, David Bell has been reluctant to have like a dedicated closer. Do you think this is the year that changes? Like, is Alexis Diaz like is he the guy and just gonna have a super long leash to keep that role. Alexis Diaz is the guy. Alexis Diaz is so much better than anyone else in the Reds bullpen. And that's not an insult to anyone else. That's a compliment to Alexis Diaz, who threw a slaughter to Jose Ramirez the other day that had Jose spin around in a circle and fall on top of the plate. And Diaz's slider isn't even as good as his fastball. So that's who Alexis Diaz is. David hasn't committed to a closer. David likes to play leverage and matchups, have that be impacted, you know, who pitches what inning by the overall shape and scope of the bullpen. Do you have a guy you trust in the high leverage situations in, in the ninth Diaz did get mostly ninth inning opportunities last September. I think it'll change and evolve over the course of the year. I think he'll lead the reds and saves, but I think he won't exclusively be a closer. Again, it'll depend on how the pitchers around him are doing, how many lefties and righties they have around him, what the matchups of the opposing team are. They'll go over that every game and where exactly Alexis fits. It does start with Alexis, though, by by far. And I see here that he has 11 strikeouts to one walk in spring training. So that is nice to see, uh, given really the, the only hole in his game has been a little bit of difficulty with command. And if he's getting that under control, the sky's the limit for him. Last question I want to ask you about is two young players that fantasy players more play dynasty are probably more excited about. But I want to get your thoughts on Ellie De La Cruz as well as Christian Encarnacion Strand. Do you think that we see them in the majors this year? Yes. I'll start here. They're both hurt. They're both going to be delayed at the start of the season. De La Cruz had a hamstring strain in the middle of March. He's due back in the middle of April. Encarnacion Strand had a slight herniated disc in his back that he rested then played through during the spring. Now, for cautionary reasons, they're holding him out until mid to late April. They're starting the year in AAA, and they can both really, really hit. Encarnacion Strand might be the most gifted player in all of minor league baseball. He can turn on any pitch and he can turn any double into a triple. He says he'll keep going for three until they get him out and they haven't yet. And then Christian Encarnacion Strand has really interesting strengths for a really young player. Like look at his baseball reference page. I've never quite seen something like it where you look at the OPSs at every level and it's one, 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 one. He has a very adjustable swing. He has solutions at the plate. He adjusts his approach for two strikes. He has a very good way of going opposite field when he needs to. He does little stuff like that really well, combined with his light tower power. So, mm-hmm. you know, two core pieces of the Reds' future. And I think their plan is right now for them both to perform and keep doing what they've been doing and be up a great American ballpark over the summer. Do you think it's more like a cup of coffee in September, or, or do you foresee them being up sooner than that? Yeah, again, I think the plan is for them to be up in the summer legitimately consistent playing time. Now that'll be impacted how they come back from these injuries, what the mm-hmm. performance is like. But I really do think if they perform like the Reds expect them to, which is at a high level, that they will be starters for the Reds at some point around the all-star break trade deadline, August gotcha. around that range. All right. Well, Charlie, I think we covered a lot in 15 minutes there. It was super informative. I, I really appreciate your time. If you can just, uh, 
tell our listeners where they can find your work and where they could find you on social media. Everything at the Cincinnati Inquirer and Cincinnati.com. All right. Thank you again. And thank you for listening to the Fantasy Baseball Beat. You've been listening to the Fantasy Baseball Beat. Thank you so much again for joining us. We truly appreciate every download, every listen. You know, and we'd love it if you enjoy the show. Please leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a ton and it motivates us to keep going. And while you're at it, please leave a rating for the other shows that are part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I think we've got some fantastic shows here and we want to keep building this channel. So any support would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you again and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.